I was doing an internship with that summer. And I'm actually doing essentially the same job now as I was then because um, I was just shadowing my boss who has what my role is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing these road surveys essentially. We'd have random blips on the GPS. We'd go out, mark out 500 feet of road and say if there's potholes that need filled, if there's signs that are covered, if the paint on the road is not visible, things like that. Just it, it was to see how what condition each county's roads were in. And so I was off on the side of the road, had all my reflective gear, lights on my truck on, had the wheel out the 500 feet of road, and I got like a car length away. All of a sudden, didn't see it, didn't hear it coming. This old lady came off the road, off the shoulder, hit me, broke my leg, spun me around, my head cracked her windshield. It threw me off into a ditch, and she apparently kept driving. Damn. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Triumph Every Day. We discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And today we have Mr. Zach Zachary. Zachary. Zachary Wright. Zach Riker. Welcome, Zach. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Good, good, good. Um, Zach is uh, one of the few people who has listened to every single one of these podcasts. I have. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, along with the other millions of listeners. I mean, the millions of (laughs) listeners. If you added up all the listens and all the views of everything we've ever done, we might have one <laughs> yeah I got Photo a, views. I, between the the programming previews and these I get the notifications on my phone and normally I'm just sitting at work and I got two monitors so I just have there you go some podcast working. on so it might as well be have you guys working diligently of, of course. course yeah like every government employee solving the world's We're problems always, yeah. solving the world's problems <laughs> uh, Zach where are you from man I'm from here uh, Campbell County but yeah I grew up my dad lives in Fort Thomas, and my mom, Highland Heights, right by NKU, so I could throw a football from my parents' house to NKU, so. Highland Heights is like God's country if, if you're from there, isn't it? I, I don't know. I know. And a lot of people talk about it like it's the most special place. On I mean, I loved it. Uh, I mean, just the whole, this whole area I love, because I'm 10 minutes from middle of nowhere where I can sit in the woods and be by myself, or I'm 10 minutes from a decently sized city, so. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think that was one of the draws to like most Midwest cities. Yeah, honestly, even New York. I remember, I remember taking a train, uh, like a thirty-minute train ride from New York City up to uh, um, Catskill, New York, which was like it was called Bear Mountain, and it's like it literally looked like you're in the middle of nowhere. It was just it looked like you were like in the Tennessee mountains. Right. And you're like, There's, this doesn't feel like it should be that close to one another. Yeah. It was just weird. Um, you went to U of L. I did. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. What uh, What'd you go down there for? Um, I went to study civil engineering. I graduated high school in 2012 and then graduated from U of L in 2016. Graduated from 2012. How old are you? Yeah, 24. Oh, yeah. He's a young man. These mature. Yeah. Feeling old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Feeling real old. I remember getting my first yearbook in the year 2000 in high school. That yeah. was uh, that was fun. Yeah, I was in. I would have been first grade. So. Oh my God, that's weird. <laughs> This is weird. All right, so civil engineering. Um, yes. What uh, 
Was that just always a draw for you? What What is civil uh, engineering, I guess? So civil engineering is roads, bridges. Um, it can even go as far as like landfills, water treatment, infrastructure essentially hmm. is what it is. So I work for the transportation cabinet of Kentucky, so I'm, I'm on the road side of things. But it can, yeah, you, you can pick a discipline to really get into and I pick transportation because I had a scholarship through the transportation cabinet so I knew I had a job there when I graduated yeah. so that was where I was headed starting out. Is engineering something you were always like? I was always really good at math and science and I remember even in like sixth grade they started giving us the like the career aptitude tests mm-hmm. and they say it gave you five things at least three of mine were always engineering mechanical civil anything really and I was between mechanical and civil when I was picking colleges, and then when I got this transportation cabinet scholarship, I was like, "All right, that there's my decision." Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. I was already between a couple, so that just really pushed me. And um, what kind of uh, so? You, is there one thing you enjoy dealing with more? Because I feel like this, it's like, oh, we're we're pouring blacktop, and you know, the things, the intricacies involved with that versus, oh, we're building a bridge. Yeah, um, it's definitely different. Um, I, when I was in high school, I took the couple engineering type classes that they offered, which was really just drafting, like designing things, and I liked that. But once I got to college and got more in the real world on co-ops, I liked, went more towards the construction side of things because I came to realize that no matter how well you design something nothing ever works out in the real world like it is on paper so Mm -hmm. i like being the guy that was hands-on and figuring things out in the field rather than saying here i designed this now go build it whether it's like you think it is or not like right and my um not that i not that it's any sort of the same thing but we always you know used to really really enjoy just building things and getting hands-on i feel like growing up you probably were very hands-on like yeah learning by doing something definitely yeah i i'm still somebody like even all through college and learning i if somebody's just lecturing to me i was awful there was a couple of classes where i knew the professors were gonna be terrible at like not doing any examples just lecturing and I would go if there was an attendance grade, but if not, I would just teach myself on my own because I, I have to be doing the problems. Or watching YouTube videos. I'm, you can YouTube anything nowadays. Like yeah. I was YouTubing 400-level classes just to watch problems going through instead of just somebody talking to me. I definitely right. have to be actually doing it to comprehend. Yeah. I know um, there's a couple times I just remember taking apart. Like my, my, my grandparents had this, like one of those big... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen them. It, it was like a record player, eight track stereo combo, but it was in this really long, it was almost like a piece of furniture by itself. Mm-hmm. The top flipped up and you could like play records and stuff. I just remember taking the whole thing apart. Like, not, it wasn't like, hey, this is junk. <laughs> just, I just took it apart. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you, you kind of figure out how it works and like, I'm like, you know, 11, I'm trying to put it back together. Not very successfully, but it was the same kind of thing. It was like, I want to figure out how this works and what makes it tick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely the same way. I mean, like that, how it's made show is like, I love it because I mean, it's just the exact same thing. I'm I'm the same way. Even now, like I, if something's messed up with, I bought a condo last year. So now it's the first time where if something breaks, I'm like, okay, I got to try and fix this because I'm not going to pay somebody to do it. And I'll take apart a dishwasher and then I'm like, Okay, I figure out how it works, but 
now can I actually put it back together? I can comprehend how it works, but yeah. it's whether I can actually do it or not. I'm... You just get done. There's like a, a pile of screws. That just means they use too many parts. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. yeah. They, they yeah. over-engineered it. That's they over-engineered it. It still works, right? I, um, uh, I built a birdhouse one time. Yeah. <laughs> Was it all by myself? Did birds use it? I don't think. Um, I want to say it was so good that my mom decided to uh, store it for safekeeping. Store it for safekeeping in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, speaking of civil engineering, I used to work for the uh, the park district um, okay. in Cincinnati, uh, well, Hamilton County Park District. I, I feel like I distinctly remember one time them putting out birdhouses where they would like put them throughout the park, and I feel like they use like uh, like a corrugated like metal for the top, mm -hmm. which basically turns it into an oven. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just talk about, like, oh, didn't think that through yeah. very well, did we? Yeah. You know, we got a bunch of hard-boiled eggs, I guess, oh, in man. the uh, little robin egg. So, uh, that was kind of, you know, uh, it was a little fun. Maybe it was population control. Maybe they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Too many cardinals in the state. It's our state bird. Too many cardinals in the state. Um, so, anyways, we got a little bit uh, ahead of ourselves. Going back to U of L, right? Yes. Um, what uh, you, you stayed all four years? Yep. Is that where you met Katie? Yes. Katie, yeah. You're you're now fiance. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she went to Boone County High School. So we were only twenty minutes apart. But yeah, I didn't know her in high school at all. Um, yeah, we met. So you're two years apart. What's that? Did you say you're two years apart? Is that what no, I said we're, we graduated at the same time. But oh. I said she lived in Boone County. Oh, so oh, 20, oh, minutes, 20 minutes apart. Sorry. 20 minutes apart. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we, we started having classes together freshman year, but we didn't. That's when a lot of people haven't dropped out or switched majors yet. So engineering is a lot bigger. Right. And you're with all the other engineers, the mechanical and whatever, all the other ones. So um we were in classes together but i didn't actually start to get to know her until sophomore year of college but yeah she was the she was the brainiac her and her two friends were the real smart ones that me and my two friends would ask for help on homework and studying and really just we knew they'd get it done and we'd wait and say hey perfect can how, you help us how, with how, this? Uh, how uh how'd y'all meet uh it was in college yeah it was in one of our classes we engineering is a lot of not social people very yeah. can't, can't i was gonna comment talk. on that i'm glad you <laughs> yeah. cut the ice because no, no, no. i've it's... met a lot of engineers over the years and usually the social brainiac dynamic isn't always a combination yeah in engineering nobody really cares about tests and stuff as much but if you have to give a presentation even if it's just two minutes long it people start shaking mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. people get nervous but Sweet. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So that's how that's how me and my group of five friends, and we had a group text called Back Left because we sat in the back left of every classroom, and it was the other five people that were good at talking to people and not freak out in social situations, Very like nice. to party and stuff. So yeah. So um, how'd you how'd you uh, convince her to go out with you? How much it was a, I mean, it was yeah, a slow <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a slow slow play. Because we didn't start dating until after I graduated. Um, she stayed an extra year for her master's. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a kind of a rule after some past relationships that like, I don't date anybody that I have to see every day, whether it's work or school, like in case things go bad, it's not 
just awkward. Right. Awful. So we were friends, and I mean, I always thought she was cute and stuff, and I was like, she was... I always thought she was too good for me because she killed it in class. She was running marathon. Like she was just super impressive. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna chime and, in there. Um, yeah. All of our significant others are too, too good for us. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she just luckily for me, she just happened to stay. She had a couple short relationships like throughout that time, but yeah, she was single when I graduated, and I was like, all right, no. Shut. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, on graduation night, we were out at a bar and we just happened to make out. And I was like, all right, let's just, all right, I'm uh, see okay. what happens here. Right. And, <laughs> you want another shot? Yeah. Another shot. <laughs> That's yeah, the engineering before our presentation, right? You got to get a couple drinks in you. Don't get nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty I, awesome. I'm, I'm curious from a just, you know, we can move on after this or whatever, but um, there's different, obviously, ways to go with engineering, whether it's chemical mechanical, um, civil, is there a kind of a hierarchy of, of engine, you know, you know what I'm trying to say is, is like one, one kind of viewed harder than the other. They're definitely just different types of people. So in like computer engineering is your typical, I'm very generalizing here, obviously, but when you think of nerd, Mm -hmm. pocket protector and stuff like like that's when you think of when you think of a computer engineer normally. And then... Um, chemical and bio are just more the people that are, I don't know, I'd say more into the medical side of things. A lot of times mm-hmm. people go pre-med. Yeah, uh, like a chemistry. Exactly. Type, yeah. And then mechanical and civil, especially civil, if you're working in civil, a lot of times you're going to be working in more of a blue to- blue-collar atmosphere because you're in mm-hmm. construction a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times those are the people that attract to civil as the, I want to be outside dealing with mm-hmm. actual things that are happening instead of just designing parts on the computer or something like that yeah. so and that's something you enjoy more being being yes, outside hands-on yeah. people aren't like scared of bugs exactly yeah yeah <laughs> oh, yeah that's how cool. close is the brent spence bid bridge to drop in Update dropping into the ohio river how many times first of all do you get this question so, second <laughs> what what do they say everybody in the state says the same thing it's it's falling apart it's not falling down <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> you don't have to worry. I mean, this is, I'm not on the clock right now, so I'm not, don't, don't take this from as a state employee telling you anything. But, well, yeah, we Zach, always, I mean, Zach Reichert's, uh, off the opinion, record, yeah, does not the represent title of this yeah, exactly. The title of this episode will be Zach, <laughs> Zach Reichert's fired. That's what, uh, no, but the, the deck, the bridge deck itself, they did just do some repairs on it. Hey, last repairs year. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was $20 million worth of work, but, I mean, they, it, it's just not in a good place. What, what I mean, is it's not going to fall down if that yeah, what's the long term what's, what's the what's the I don't want to say the hold up but like what's the kind of thought process about what they want to do because I know obviously you're you're stuck right you have to the left uh, you basically you'd run right into the Radisson mm-hmm. uh, on the right there's a Duke Energy kind of sub plant yep. um, which you have space on the Kentucky side but they would have to obviously reroute everything build a whole new bridge tear that one down so is that kind of the trying to decide the best way to go about doing so yeah i'm not in the planning side of things i'm yep. in the construction side so I, I really don't from what i've heard it is just trying to get one the funds because we, heard about we talking, need federal the funds bridge, for that. Uh, yeah. yeah like it just kind of like how they did in louisville with the new bridge that went down there yep. it'll probably be the same type of thing there'll be tolls and um but yeah it is just kind of a weird situation that there's 
On the Ohio side on the left, you're good, or vice versa. It, it, both sides of the don't want to fix the problem that there is, and they right. just. Mm-hmm. But the funding, I think, is the biggest holdup. Is just, I mean, when you're building a whole new bridge, it's. Well, the crazy part billions is billions of dollars. Yeah, the billions. crazy part is it's not like 471 where you go across the the Big Mac bridge and it's just like there's a a dusting of cars. Oh, yeah. right. like the, I think uh, the the numbers behind that were originally it was three lanes top and bottom with shoulders, and it was um, something like 30,000 cars a day, and now it's four lanes, no shoulders, 100,000 cars a day. Yeah. So, and it just goes to show like how much it's being used as a main thoroughfare. Right. For, you know, it's like 75 is north to south, you know, all the way, basically all the way down to the panhandle. Well, that's part of the reason why structurally it it can take any loads that we're putting on it at all. That's why you don't have to worry about it falling down. It's just some of the pavement, a lot of that traffic is heavy trucks. And when you have so much heavy truck traffic, at high and low speeds, whether there's traffic or not, it's the pavement gets beat up. And yeah. so that's what, every once in a while, there are some things that fall down and it's because the pavement can't take it, but the bridge itself is totally fine. If you guys get a chance, next time you go uh, northbound on 75, on the bottom side of the bridge, look up. Oh yeah. <laughs> just look up. I won't tell you what's there, just look up. <laughs> Zach, no comment, no Zach, comment. Zach, Zach is there. Uh, just take a look up and you can go, oh. All right, this went to Home Depot, huh? <laughs> um, that's cool. So, what kind of what kind of really exciting? I mean, there's probably some really cool stuff you get to see uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, I know you you were on the underside of the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I've just been, I guess, six or seven weeks ago. I started a new position. So, I used to be a materials on the material side of things. So, checking. Uh, quality of the asphalt and concrete and all the aggregate and cement and stuff that we use for the projects um, and then I've transitioned back into construction that I was doing in Louisville before I moved back up here um, so now now I'm on more of the actually from when we break ground on a job to when it's finished I'm out there figuring things out with contractors and the public and all kinds of stuff so um, but in the in between those two positions, I was hanging out with the bridge guys for a while who do the inspecting of all the bridges, whether it's a little culvert in Gallatin County that gets 12 cars a day all the way up to the Big Mac Bridge that's one of the most used. And yeah, so that was cool. Once a year, we have to go through with the Ohio Transportation Cabinet and um, or Department of Transportation and walk the bridges with their engineers we have inspectors that go through and do like really detailed stuff but we as engineers just go through it once and say who's going to fix what this is problems areas that we see that we need to is it like like who as far as like it's kentucky's problem or ohio's problem yeah it it varies bridge to bridge who is responsible for what and sometimes they'll go up to a certain like this third is to ohio and then we take care of the rest and it Uh, it kind of depends and I'm not sure logistically, who bridge take, to bridge, who does what. Who but, takes who takes uh, who takes care of most of the rolling? I couldn't tell you honestly. I feel like that's it's got to be a Cincinnati thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, like I said, I was only hanging out with them for a month, yeah. and it was just to do the fun stuff out in the field. And so I don't know as much of the actual uh, logistics of who does what. Have you ever been across the Brooklyn Bridge? I mean, you, I haven't. You haven't. No. You do like. 
do you know that that's the, yeah it, it was the like precursor. their practice run yeah, yeah. It's the practice run for the Brooklyn yeah. Bridge uh, it is really cool when you see both of them you're like oh like there's it's basically like two roblings side by side with a walkway down the middle right it's pretty cool to see um, I, I love that bridge I think it's just it's absolutely gorgeous yeah um, it was really cool to go up in all those Big Mac especially because you're just standing on top of an arch and you're tethered off but I mean you could still fall off there's no rails or anything up there right. so and they the way the bridge if, if a bridge isn't moving it's in bad shape like a bridge is supposed to flex and move right. in every, so every dimension mm-hmm. so when you're up there if you look over at the other arch it can be as much as like a foot to two feet give yep. so if you're just standing there you might not feel it but if you're looking over you can see them going up mm-hmm. and down and you don't see them as much side to side but up and down especially flexing it, it kind of freaks me out whenever you, have you ever been on traffic in a, on a bridge mm-hmm. and like you know, oh it hops you know, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm just like and like but mentally i'm like i'm i know it's supposed to do that right but i'm just waiting for the floor to give out it's even <laughs> crazier when you're underneath when you're underneath a bridge on like the catwalk that you have to we walk across to inspect beams and stuff and yeah, I mean, you can tell when there's a semi that you might be on the middle of the bridge. You can feel when a semi gets on the beginning, and it just gets worse. It doesn't shake real. I mean, it shakes, but it's not violent or anything. It just vibrates yeah. pretty bad, and you're like, oh, there's obviously a very heavy truck stuff. Super interesting to me. It's like I nerd out on that for forever. It feels yeah, like. it's pretty cool. Yeah, one time I used to be super into uh, Domino's, and uh, yes, Jesus. And, uh, Good. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> my story uh, I used to be in the dominoes in uh, elementary school I had my own private desk and I would set them up and I would build bridges oh, yeah. using rulers Ooh. very technical stuff to other desks I like it so I thought you were going to say building them at a dominoes like, that'd be super impressive no I'd set the dominoes up and then once I'd configure my design I would just simply touch one of the dominoes and then they would knock all the elements Definitely. down do you remember it's do you very remember, satisfying big stuff I've never do you remember the domino I, you know uh, I think I could have a future in engineering yeah. just turn it what do you remember the domino setter it was like a little car you like they put like a magazine of dominoes in it and it just rolled along and set them down one what? by one yeah no. what I used to have one. it was awesome but you could just like oh well I will work on this part and little robot guy you do the wow, rest of that's that cool. no wow. I've never even heard of that wasted so much time um, <laughs> I know yeah. uh, so anyways we talk about that forever <laughs> tangents yeah tangents uh, we talk about uh, so I made a up. trebuchet once out of cardboard and duct tape that was a college project <laughs> that was an engineering project um, well, on that real quick, I did that my yes. senior year of high school. Talk about catapults. We for a while. <laughs> we built trebuchets in my engineering design class, and we built them out of wood and stuff. And they were they were legit. I mean, it was it was a big big ordeal. And my group, our design, it looked flawless. And on the program that we designed it on, it worked every time. And I don't know, it was whatever whatever held, happened in the whatever real world. Whatever held the ball <laughs> what had to launch, was. it didn't remove. Like when we let it go, it wouldn't. Let it's go of the stuck, ball yeah. enough, so it launched backwards, but uh, it launched backwards far enough that we were just like, all right, we'll just turn this thing around, <laughs> and we still got to be on the or an A or a B on the on the thing. And something doesn't like all of them are angled this way, yeah, yeah. and then Zach's team's like this way. Like, yeah. no, it's fine. It's exactly. <laughs> but we didn't realize we weren't. We didn't practice shoot it. We didn't have time to practice shoot it. So. We had three attempts, and in the first two, they both shot backwards. So we're just like, "All right, last attempt. Let's spin this baby around." And <laughs> just 
I feel like that'd be like a uh, like a Monty Python moment where it's just like we're like in the middle of a war and we keep shooting back. All right, we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, forward. people were not happy with us because there's some people that didn't shoot. Theirs didn't shoot at all, and we were like, "Well, our spit shoots backwards. I mean, it still shoots projectiles." Yeah. Uh, so past past bridge engineering stuff like that, where where uh, ideally would you like to see all this kind of take you later on? Um, Pres- I'd lo- president of something? Oh, it just got serious. <laughs> Is there a president know, of what engineers? Are you, what, are your, um, what are your passions? No, not president. I couldn't. No, not at all. You're not, uh, that, you're not that responsible. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't want to be. There's a, they say that whatever there's already something in your past that's ruined your chances of an election right. I have plenty of those so that, <laughs> and, and I mean we're getting to the point real yeah, you're, quick your whole next, life's documented the next like yeah I'd say probably the next two presidents within the next two presidents are really going to be screwed like, yeah. Yeah. social media is just yeah. infiltrated like look at this guy's my Instagram time hop, yeah like, Instagram story from like yeah. a time hop what? comes up and like I forgot, like, I still have a Twitter account, and it'll pull up old tweets, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No one can see those. Anyways, so where, where would you like to go? Uh, when, um, did, when did you get hit by a car? What? Who said that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll come back to that. All right. But I, I don't know. I just, I'd like to say in engineering, um, there was a time about a year or so ago, I got my personal training certification, and I thought about... I started doing a little bit of that on the side, and I was like, maybe I'll stick with my day job until that I want to turn that into something. But more, I've realized that fitness is just a hobby for me. I don't want to turn it. I don't think I want to turn yeah, don't it do into that. a don't career. But uh, well, and, and but that's the nice thing of where you're at. You know, you mm-hmm. do see a lot of my actually my sister-in-law. You know, has has a job that she loves, but she also does some teaching, some coaching mm-hmm. on the side, stuff like that. So there's nothing wrong with you know having, you know. Yeah. your hobby yeah. that involves something that you really enjoy doing so yeah. um but so yeah we're, we're, I, I want to uh can you can you pull up your your uh pant leg real quick and just show oh, us oh yeah. yes this is what we've been waiting for so yeah i gotta put that up on the uh yeah. the table there so gotta, what are we looking at here yeah i got my bone came out my tibia came out right there you guys visualize maybe i'll drive and on then the yeah i got screws down here and up here and then yeah, I got a scar from where they put my rod in. And if you can see, I got these little bumps here. Those are extra muscles. And a man. I wish that'd be pretty sweet. Those are extra muscles. <laughs> if I could jump in. just on my right <laughs> leg, real good. But so what happened, man? What I was uh, about a week and a half out of high school, and because I had the scholarship through the transportation cabinet, I was doing an internship with that summer, and I'm actually doing essentially the same job now as I was then um, because I was just shadowing my boss who has what my role is now Mm -hmm. and uh, we were doing these road surveys essentially we'd have random blips on the GPS we'd go out mark out 500 feet of road and say if there's potholes that need filled if there's signs that are covered if the paint on the road is not visible things like that just it, it was to see how what condition each county's roads were in and so i was off on the side of the road had all my reflective gear lights on my truck on had the wheel out the 500 feet of road and i got like 
a car length away. All of a sudden, didn't see it, didn't hear it coming. This old lady came off the road, off the shoulder, hit me, broke my leg, spun me around. My head cracked her windshield. It threw me off into a ditch, and she apparently kept driving. Damn. Yeah. Savage. Yeah. She. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Yeah. No, it's, it's like it's crazy. I, I just, I mean, she was going I'll, 40 miles an hour. It's not like, holy like, shit. Yeah. I, I envision like something out, like out of like a Jim Carrey movie from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Like, like the one we can't see over the steering wheel. Yeah. That's it's what like, it's like. The there's a Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Yeah. There's a Jerry yeah. Seinfeld bit where he talks about the state flag of Florida should just be a steering wheel with two knuckles on top of it. There's <laughs> just no head. Just yeah. Like, yeah. It was it was crazy because I mean, I started on Monday and this happened on Friday. Oh, so it was welcome. my first week of work. And here's your sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I started doing that that job on Wednesday, and then Friday morning was the first place I went. I was by myself. It was the first day I was by myself. I was doing everything perfectly because it was my first day by myself, and I was still everything exactly by the book. And in previous days, if we heard cars or seen cars coming, you turn around, would give them the wave or whatever, and just mm-hmm. acknowledge that you see them. Yeah. Yeah. This lady. I don't know. I didn't hear. Didn't so just, okay, so you're boom. in a ditch. Yeah. Like you unconscious? Are you? I must have. I don't know. I mean, I must have gone unconscious for a second because I remember the impact, and then next thing I know, I was in this ditch, and it's not a deep ditch or anything. It was just right off the side, of a couple feet deep or whatever, and kind of like a runoff um, or something like that yeah essentially it was like, just a drainage ditch yeah. it was all it was um, you weren't hanging off a cliff by one hand yeah no 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 like wish, shirtless be... with ripped you know muscles well, and then a everywhere. bear came out of yeah. nowhere and he just started mauling oh, me yeah. I was fighting him all yeah right yeah right, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I remember coming to my phone was in my truck because instantly I was like there's not really anybody out here there's one house right across the street and that was Oof. all there was right and it was like 9 a.m. So I was like, there's not going to be anybody here. So I was like, I'm going to have to – I couldn't see because this eye was like swollen shut. My right eye my left eye had blood all in it. So I, my head was cracked open. So I couldn't see anything. I didn't have my phone. So I just was like, all right, I'll yell for help once. And I yelled. And luckily the one house that was right across the street was this uh, old retired guy who had already called the ambulance. They were on the way. And he – he said, I came out because I thought it was two cars. It was that loud. Like, he he said the impact was so loud he thought Damn. it was two cars. Hitting. I heard you like So when he looked outside and didn't see anything because she drove off and I was like right over. She was like, I was confused. So. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was crazy. Did so, they ever catch up with that lady? Like, Yeah, so they, uh, funny story on that, one of my friend's dad just happened to be the first person to like find her. She was... Pulled off the road about a mile down the road because when she, she either, cracked when, when she hit me, it either when she hit me or when she came off the road, it popped one of her tires. So she had a flat. How, so she was how, stopped. How old was she? She was. I think she was seventy three at the time. Can we just have a general consensus that when you hit retirement, you got to retake your driver's test? Yeah, I, I'm under the firm belief that yeah, at a certain point. Once ever, at least at least once every two years, be, you should be, have to take. I feel like it's like a passport thing. Get your passport renewed. Yeah. Go yeah. take a driver's test. Like, yeah. Yeah. And apparently she was she was just taking she was on a lot of medication. She was taking too many of some and not enough of others. And 
Oh she, it God. wasn't malicious. She was just a right, but still. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's one that's of why I didn't, in we like with the court case and stuff. We we didn't go after her. Besides that, she couldn't have a license. That's all yeah. I cared about. I was like, I'm not trying to ruin right. this old woman's life. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, terrible things do happen. We um, when I worked at a camera store, one of the guys was diabetic and didn't monitor it well mm-hmm. he was type type one so you know genetic right. one and um, just didn't monitor it well and was on his way home and went into a diabetic coma mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hit an oncoming car killed mm-hmm. one of the passengers mm-hmm. and like That's I harsh. mean talk about just a terrible terrible some, somewhat accident I mean yeah. I don't want to say it was negligence on his part because I don't really know exactly what happened right. but you know it's just a terrible terrible accident you know yeah and she, it was one of those things where, I mean, I was obviously very lucky. Like, yeah, she had me going 40, and all right. I had was a compound fracture. I, right. My head broke the wind, cracked the windshield. My head broke my fall. Yeah, <laughs> my head cracked the windshield, and I didn't even have a concussion. Oh, that's like, awesome. I was yeah. in the ambulance, they didn't, I had to stay conscious, and they couldn't give me pain meds on the way to UC Health from Dayton, Kentucky because they have like the best trauma center yeah so the ambulance took me there and because they assumed i was concussed they couldn't let me fall asleep so they couldn't give me pain meds or they pass out so i was fully conscious with my bone sticking out of my leg and every little crack in the road was like breaking again it was yeah it legitimately felt yeah that was the worst part because the the actual impact i don't really remember it i just remember like what the hell happened and I was in shock so I right. once I was in the ambulance like okay I'm gonna live but now I, the pain is actually right. starting to kick in I was, so uh, what was your recovery look like from something like that um, I went, obviously surgery we yeah I had surgery um, and I was out of the hospital I had surgery Friday afternoon and was out of the hospital by Saturday evening um, they just needed the beds, and they were like, "You're young, and you have a broken leg." So all your bosses are like, "Look at this guy." Yeah, <laughs> already goes on workers' comp. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> this guy's getting a scholarship. <laughs> one of my uh, when I that was the last time I worked for the, the district up here until I just came back last June when I moved back up from Louisville. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back up here, everybody I'd introduce myself and. The guy I had met him. If I said, "Oh, I'm the guy that got hit," they're like, "They're like, oh, that was you." And like, so yeah. At this point, now that I'm good, like, one, it's a hell of a story, and yeah, I'm famous at work because everybody's like, right. <laughs> "You're that guy that worked here for a week." And so strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy, but, man. That's a that is a uh, obviously a very unique and um, you know pretty crazy story, man. And it's just too bad that you didn't get it on video. I know. Right, I wish you had I had like a dash cam they, or something. They wouldn't, because my phone was in the car, in my truck, and I was in the ambulance with no phone, and uh-huh. the, I asked the ambulance guys, because I was in a neck brace, when they cut my jeans off and my had to compound fracture, I hadn't seen it, uh-huh. and so I never got to see it. I wouldn't have wanted to see it then, but right. I asked if they could take a picture, but they were like, they weren't allowed, because, uh, uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, I mean, that makes sense. But right. Yeah, I get it. I'd be able to look back, I'd like you to be something? able to look back now and be like, oh, wow, like that was... What it looked like, type yeah. of thing. But Zach, what's your home screen? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> hit by a car. Like, yeah, it was a Buick. <laughs> yeah. Buick came out of nowhere. Oh, that's crazy, man. That's absolutely crazy. Um, so uh, you've been you've been with us uh, at Triumph here for 
some time now. You've gone kind of gone through this like I don't say like a sea change, but you've changed the way you've trained. Definitely. You started out like you've grown out. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? I was typical bro. Right. Yeah. So I, I started working out after my accident. That's what got me. I had been to the gym in high school before, but I never consistently at all. Um, and then after my accident, I was never in. I was always like the chubby kid growing up, and I was never strong. Um, and then in high school, I worked for the Reds, selling cotton candy and snow cones. So I was a lot of activity. I leaned out and sure. was in decent shape, just conditioning-wise, when I graduated. And then after that accident, not only was I not doing anything and on a bunch of painkillers that whole summer, but my friends, I mean, doing the friendly thing, were bringing me all any food and stuff that I wanted. So I was... Mm-hmm eating Skyline and mm-hmm. Burger King and everything for like every meal all summer. I thought it was great. And then when I got up and started walking to class and stuff, I was like, lost any. I'm out of breath just trying to walk. Right. And I've put on like 30 pounds this summer. So once college started, I started lifting with my buddies from high school. And yeah, they were football players. So they... Well, and, and, and again, you don't know what you don't know. And there's not, yeah. there's not really anything wrong with that. Right. It's just a lot of people start to get in that, like Mark and myself, we get into that plateau range of like, well, I'm bored. Right. You know? Well, my, the biggest thing for me was, so we, we'd start, we started working out. They played football, so they were, they were unbelievably stronger than me. And, but they always did squats for football and stuff, and they hated them. So once we got to college and they weren't having somebody tell them what to do, mm-hmm. my leg was still healing. So I was we were only doing upper body, and I was like, this is great. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, the only exercise my leg needs right now because it was still healing was just walking across campus. So I was like, just trying to get rid of this limp, and then I'll maybe start doing legs. And then right. that didn't happen for four years when I came here I was benching like 50 pounds more than I could squat which yeah. is obviously not the way it's supposed to be so right. so um, what made you come come here so when I lived in Louisville I had friends that I always went to the gym with and that was what really kept me in it was I liked working out but I liked it was an hour a day in the middle of my engineering studies that I could just go hang out and bro down essentially and uh, when I moved back up here I tried out a couple different gyms LA Fitness down in Bellevue and I don't know I just I bounced around just didn't really like it so I was looking for something different and I followed a few YouTubers that did CrossFit and went from bodybuilding to CrossFit and I was like oh they they were just like me thought you guys flailing around on the kicking right. pull-ups. I was like, That's all we do what here. are these guys doing? This isn't this isn't working out. You're not even doing pull-ups. Like, right, right. And they, they switched their mindset around. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a try. And so that's what, like, between the documentaries and just YouTubers, I was like, oh, okay. I'll yeah, one it. of those, uh, you know, we were talking about Every Second Counts. If you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, it's from the 2008 CrossFit Games. And like Mark said, like, we watched it, and it was like, well, I'm hooked. Yeah. Like, you know. And again, those guys are, uh, we are light years, mm-hmm. you know, literally, you know, we are now 10 years from those games mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's laughable almost what they're doing mm-hmm. there. Like that's a normal day for some people, you right. know, and like, and now, um, you know, they've, they've elevated this, that level of competition to a pretty, um, peak physical condition, every sense of the word, you know, um, and I, now they've changed it, uh, to, 
you've got these qualifiers, right? And the crazy thing, we talked a little bit about with this with uh, Mr. Zoda on the last podcast, but you have 162 countries and you're taking two people from each country. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Just narrow it down to 150. That's 300, you know, 300 plus yeah. Yeah. Potential. yeah, potential, right? So, like, I, I, I know I'm very interested to see how this is all going to play out. Um, and not to mention, you have your Dubai, uh, Dubai CrossFit Championship, which they got pulled up here. Uh, Wadapalooza, and let's see, five new CrossFit sanctioned competitive events announced. Um, Australian CrossFit Championship, Asia CrossFit Championship. Uh, Rick, I can't say that. Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Reykjavik? Yeah, sorry. Uh, CrossFit Championship. Down Under CrossFit Championship. Pandaland. Pandaland? CrossFit, oh, Pandaland. CrossFit Challenge. Pandaland. Pandaland. So, what those are like Iowa. Those are <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sichuan Province. Ooh, that was close. Yeah. Close. Idaho. Oklahoma. So, uh, I don't know what you guys think about, you know, the, the concept. I like the concept of it all. I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out when you have this many people. Can I uh, be a spoiler alert? How it's going to play out is Matt Frazier, first place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, know, the crazy part like, is... But, but well, all I'm trying to say is, like, no matter what you do in this format, as long as it's not... Fitness is what, for lack of a better term, uh, you're gonna the fittest will rise to the top, and it'll be. But the question is, is like how many people get, like, okay. I think there's for, a lot of questions for sure. For example, um, let's just pick a pick a, a Central Asia com- or, uh, country out of the mix and just say they send their best two. Well, their best two because of how just their training age or how long they've been doing it may be equivalent to like the 2008 CrossFit Games. Oh, yeah, and now, but do you know what I mean though? Like, so are you, are you... I'm very interested in that too. Yeah, and that's I, yeah, kind of I what think, I'm... I think that what they have kind of said about, you know, having that high of participation is they're going to do cuts this year. Yeah. So even though you make it to the CrossFit Games, it's going to be like, I was there for one day. Right. You know, I get yeah, to do a, I get to do three events. Yeah. It's gonna be like a four day thing, right? And yeah. I think only the the last two days are gonna be uh, top twenty or something. Yeah, like top twenty. So check this out though. This is on, as I have the Dubai CrossFit Challenge up here. In effort to constantly improve and improve and include more athletes from around the world, Dubai CrossFit Championship will introduce the team division. To qualify for the 2019 CrossFit Games, teams will no longer be required to share a common affiliate or train in the same affiliate or location. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, and this is pretty much what they were already doing. But teams they may were, be international in makeup. Qualify the Games team must win a sanctioned competition. The Open will no longer be a pathway for teams to the Games. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. So, like, but now, but now the cool thing is, is like, you don't even have to be in the same location. Right. You just say, hey, we're all going to meet up on this day. Right. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not obviously like a sport like football or, you know, a, a sport that needs, you need plays. It's, right. hey, we're going to do this workout. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's pretty, you know, you can plug and play kind of thing. Zach, what, was your first CrossFit workout with us, or did you do CrossFit before you found us? Um, what was that done... experience like, and did it change your kind of definition of fitness? I had done one 
uh, workout at like a Saturday workout at CrossFit Soto. Okay. And because um, that's they're the closest to where I live. They're five minutes from right. my right, place. Right, right, yeah. Um, but I don't know if you remember when I first started coming here. I had the intentions because I'm I'm huge into YouTube. I don't watch yeah, TV, I don't, but I'm huge. Yeah. And but I was like, oh, I'm gonna start filming my like journey and just to kind of see where I go and stuff. Um, and honestly, the reason why I didn't stay at Soto was they didn't want me filming. Oh, and, oh, yeah, which yeah. is hilarious that I did that for like a week and then I was yeah, like I hate oh, editing yeah like I was like I, I love the thought of doing it and even actually like talking to a camera and stuff doesn't bother me but like at the sitting down and editing I was like this is not for me so yeah. that's what brought me out here I, I stopped I worked pretty close I stopped out and it was during like a 3.30 workout and I don't remember who was coaching, but Chris was downstairs, and I talked to him, and it's like this plate, like mm-hmm. you guys were all young guys, which is good looking. Yeah, yeah I mean, strong. I was like what? immediately turned on. I mean, <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just really liked the vibe cool. here, and yeah, obviously we love having you here, and uh, Katie, whenever she drops in. But, you know, I was kind of leading you on with the question a little bit because I know we've shared it, obviously, more than once on the podcast about our first experience with working out. But I always am interested in hearing, like, how that first workout go and and what, you know, that kind of aha moment. You know, and again, for me, it was like, whoa, I've been doing this kind of wrong. And, And again, the more you know, the more you don't know. And now, nine years later, I'm still finding myself doing CrossFit with different stuff included you know that can um, vary from week to week but still hitting those workouts like we did a workout the other day where I'm just like wow this is still just yeah. you know it can be very punishing at times but still um, it, it's always gives me more awareness of where I'm at like right. oh I've ate like crap today or whatever the situation may be yeah my first my first workout I don't remember it was what, what's the girl Workout that's 150 wall balls and Karen. yep, that was what it was. It was me and Marty. It was me <laughs> and Marty uh, at 6:30, and that was my first day. And it was yeah, it was light Saturday or light people in class. It was just me uh-huh. and him. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm gonna do my best to keep up with this guy. I was like, I don't know, but I'm gonna try try and keep up with him. And like 20 wall balls in. I was like, die. I, I was like, because like, he just kept going. I was like, all right, let's just let's just keep doing this. And I, I, it killed me. And I just remember that whole workout was just sucking wind. If there's one thing that I've learned in the last year and three months or whatever that I've been here, it's how to pace myself. Yeah, because it's, there's those workouts where if you come out the gate quick and it's a 20 minute workout, you're just, you're like that the whole time. I can't, I can't recover. So. Yeah, um, this only since we were talking about uh, uh, Water Blue, our Drew Wayman, who we've had on here, mm-hmm. is fourth right now. Oh, is that going on? Yeah, just the qualifier. Oh, cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so the fit dude, is, yeah, real, again, real, real fit, fit. real humble. I, I will say um, about how I found you guys too was I was looking just in the area close to work, and you guys had only started this podcast like three weeks prior. Oh, yeah. And I, because I listen to podcasts all day at work, I was like, oh, I'll plug this into it. And I don't remember 
I know Colgan was one of the first couple, and maybe Craig or something. It was a couple 6.30 people. Uh-huh. And I just was like, oh, it sounds like all these guys do is just make dirty jokes and have fun. <laughs> I was like, that sounds that yeah. sounds great to me. And that's yeah. the time that I would think about coming anyway. So that was actually, yeah. Well, we talked awesome. full circle. Well, so, <laughs> and, the funny, and the funny part is, is, you know, we just spent a little bit of time talking about, you know, the CrossFit Games and these changes. But the exciting part about that is getting back to the root of, of where the real change happened, which is the other 90, 99% of people. You know, you, you're still talking about such a small, these, these high-level people, even the 350 people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the size of some really large gyms, you know, and there's 16,000 of those gyms, you know. So it's just one of those things where you look at, like, what the real value is a lot of the stuff, and that is just your everyday person who has to go to work and has a family and has people they love and they come here for an hour and then they tell dick jokes and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and that's and that's where that's where that community I think is being built. And that's I think that's where hopefully you see a lot of people finding their, their value and it's not so much uh, not that not that the, the games part of it is important, but I think where most people realistically are are just like trying to suck wind through 150 wall balls. Yeah. You know, yeah. and trying to be better. And Jenny, uh, Jenny, you just did that class yeah. with Jenny Bean Scoob in there. She, she's like, I'm gonna do. Uh, for those of you guys listening, our workout today was uh, 300 double unders throughout the entire workout, right? So, and her big thing is like, I'm gonna do them. I don't care how long it takes. She's like, I've already got people vouching for me at work. <laughs> you know, like if I get if I show up late. But her thing was like, I want to improve myself, so I'm gonna take my time and do these double unders. And she didn't have a bad time at all. I mean, she, yeah, she, she killed it. I mean, for, for someone who, quote, struggles with double under, she rocked right through it. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think that's where the real value comes in is, is people starting to realize that, like, oh, this is real, actual fitness. That yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, when I started, I had and still have no real intention to compete. I'm just, I'm competitive, but with myself. I really don't care what. In all aspects, really. I mean, competition is, is relative, right? Whether you are competing against yourself, whether you come and do an internal competition right. with, you know, us in another gym, or, you know, it's just throwing down with somebody on a Saturday and having some actual fun with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I will say that I, Mike Lee, I give him the hardest time probably out of anybody. We just <laughs> go back and forth. But he's somebody that he, maybe one out of ten times, I'll beat him in some workout. But I like talking the most crap to him because I know that he's he's close enough where like maybe eventually I'll like yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. but like I'm not trying to I'm every day I'm not coming in like today with the double unders I was like I'm just gonna work on some doubles and when they give out I'm gonna switch to singles and then yeah. next round I'll do it again and if I keep tripping up then I'll switch to singles. Brandon, like, when Brandon, when you know, let you know that he came second today and worked out. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Brandon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He wouldn't, he wouldn't let you know. Tell Mark that he came in second. <laughs> Brandon uh, from Cross, the new guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like him a lot. It, he's yeah. he's because he started about exactly a year after I did, and so sometimes I think like, man, I wish I was further ahead than I was. And then the stuff that he is like killing now, I'm like, oh, I remember when I like first started killing that, and like right. stuff he's struggling with. I'm like, oh man, like I just quit struggling with that like a couple months ago and I kind of already forgot that that was a victory that I had like you know like 
once I got my first muscle up, I was like, all right, why have I not gotten 10 yet? You know, like... It, because it you, took me a year to get one. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but... I think there's a cliche saying, it's like, you overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in 10. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's kind of that consistency and showing up day after day. It is fun to always have that perspective, especially when you're like, ah, oh, but I've been here a year and, you know, three months. And you do see someone come in, like you said, and, and you're like, oh, man, I feel like I haven't made that much progress. And then you're like, oh, well, wait, I can do all these things that yeah. this person's struggling with because... I was there before, you know, and I think that's like microcosm in life. Like you said, hey, I just started this new job, and maybe at first there might have been one or two things that's like difficult or not as seamless, and now you're probably like, oh, okay, this is starting to get the hang of it. And then maybe a year from now, someone else will move into a role, and you're like, oh, don't worry. So it kind of gives you that perspective, and definitely, you know, it's always super duper important, especially in this age, to have perspective, you know, on things. So, yeah. Um, so Zach, you got your hand, well not your hand, your mind in a lot of different aspects of fitness. You know, we were talking about the, uh, uh, not Eddie Hall, but, um, Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw, talking about, you know, he showed up the, the rower thing. Oh, yeah. He's, he's rowing a 109 split and yeah. stuff like that. Um, what do you think about the world of fitness getting, um, smaller in a, in the sense that, like, you see people, you know, you see people like Brian Shaw, like, well, I'm gonna break the world record on a rower. Right. I don't think in another time that dude would ever be sitting on a Concept Two rower. Right. 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 You know, like we just pulled up this uh, Clarence Kennedy guy. Like, oh, this guy just cleaned 500 pounds. He looks like he's maybe, I don't know, 94 kilos. You yeah. know, as a lifter. Like, I mean, that's wild. Yeah. But I think part of that is to do with like the training styles have kind of started to intertwine a little bit more than, than they were in the past. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, if you, there's plenty of people that are like bodybuilders, I feel like, and powerlifters were always kind of like, sometimes they would do the same things, like some bodybuilders would emphasize doing heavy deads and heavy squats and stuff, but for the most part, like, they weren't even on the same wavelength, and then CrossFit came in, and it was like, oh, we hate them all together, like, it was just like, different and they, they weren't doing anything like that seemed like it was compatible for bodybuilding and anything right. and now yeah you are getting people that are kind of have their foot in every every pool you know well, like it's like and it's great like because you're not I mean I love powerlifting I probably pay more attention to powerlifting than I do CrossFit stuff like in terms of competition but like a lot of those guys yeah it's crazy that they're squatting a thousand pounds but you ask them to bend down and pick something up and they might pull something like they're right. just, they're so wound up and mm -hmm. so tight a lot of times that like working in some type of even if it's yoga or crossfit or something that get where it requires some mobility yeah, yeah. range of motion like it's it's, it's when you're when everything isn't so specialized it's a good thing I almost kind of like we just talked about that it's like that perspective where probably the people that are at the highest level are, are doing the little things like mobility and yeah dialing in their, their nutrition a little bit better. It's more of this average Joe mentality where like, I'm a powerlifter. And those are the people that are really doing themselves a disservice where they're not even warming up, they're just hopping on the bench. And yeah, maybe they can put on a couple plates or you know, whatever the case may be, but they're not looking for the longevity in life where this is where I really feel like CrossFit is leading the ways and the average kind of Joe 
you know, way or mentality because we are well-rounded. We can, you know, run down the street and back without, you know, having to take a 10-minute break and we can pick up things, we can put them over our head, we can, you know, jump and stretch and, you know, that was for me because I, I, I was the same way, man. Whenever I first stumbled across CrossFit, I was like, well, this is stupid and what are these people doing? And at the same time, I was, you know, doing zero cardio, zero warm-up, zero cool-down, lifting heavy weights, not, you know, really uh, doing it the right way. So I think in a lot of ways, yeah, people at the highest level that are probably doing a thousand pounds and stuff like that are probably have a really regimented training program and they're professionals, but it's more of those people, the weekend warriors that are just going to the gym that are going to have the back problems and well, all these things. Not to mention if they're training for something, it's different. Right. You know, like my training, right? Like if, I, if I'm training for meat, it's wildly different than like, than if I'm just general the GPP. Yeah. You know, like well, anybody at the top of their game, mm-hmm. whether it's powerlifting, whatever, anybody that has an idea that they could make it to the top or is already at the top, those are the people that are going to make sacrifices. Yeah, they're not skipping steps. Yeah, yeah. like, and yeah, like you said, the, the, the people that are just like, oh, I want to start lifting heavy stuff. I was definitely one of those. I didn't necessarily feel like I was beat up until people were like, oh, you get hurt in CrossFit. I came here and got better. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how tight I was in a lot of ways until mm-hmm. I tried to overhead squat. I was yeah, like, what? Like, <laughs> you want me to do that? How? This what? doesn't work. My <laughs> and just there's a lot of things like that. And where I was like, I didn't realize that my shoulders were so jacked up and my hips were so tight until I came here started warming up right and started doing the cool down and mobility and ramwad mm-hmm. once every couple of weeks if I am lucky. Yeah. But well, yeah, every time you do, you're like, wow, that was worth it. Oh yeah, definitely. And that, that helps. Yeah, I, I think it's, like I said again, not to beat that word up, that perspective of, wow, this is, you know, for me, I was a big, big in the bench and, you know, all the, all the things that the bros are doing and, and, and the, global gym environment and I, I didn't know what I didn't know like Jared said earlier about my shoulders and just my body in general and and again it's like the more you learn the more you don't know kind of thing uh, about like nutrition and just a whole kind of fitness as a whole right. you know where you really everything plays off one another whether it's sleep and stretching and mobility and if I want to be this well rounded athlete which I think is what kind of CrossFit um, cells, for lack of a better term, uh, it, it, it was when, whenever I really dug into it, it was unwavering. Like I need to do this, right. and this is this is a long term play. Yeah. You know where yeah, it might be cool to like throw you know five hundred pounds on the bar and pick it up or whatever the case may be at the time, um, but this isn't a long term. Right. This isn't like oh, fifty years from now. I'm, it's really going to matter if I can pick up 500 pounds. Yeah. You know, 50 years from now, it's really going to matter if I can walk up and down the steps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, well, that's one thing. I'm, I'm one of the younger people sure. at this gym. Absolutely. And I love that because I, I'm still getting my ass kicked a lot right. of times by the well, people yeah, that are more than twice my age. Like, you know, we won't say his name or else he'll be mad, but he's a little bit older than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and I, I, I like that. One, it gives me, like, oh, I'm younger than them. I should be beating them. Let me get better. Like, there is that in my head, but at this, most of the time, it's really just, like, 
oh, they're kicking ass. I'm go if I'm doing this starting now, like I'm definitely gonna be doing that when I'm. I want to be that cool, like grandpa that can do a muscle up. You know, like absolutely, absolutely. I think that's one of the coolest things about the games is when you see the masters divisions and you see you know sixty year old women out there that are grandmas and whatnot with abs. You know, like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. Like doing fifteen foot rope climbs. You're like, damn, grandma's ripped. Yeah. <laughs> It, my my great grandma, uh, until just a few years ago, she was she was on her stationary bike and jump roping every single day, and it was just like she had the best like standard of life that I knew, yeah. and she was in her mid eighties at the time, you know, That's like, fantastic. and it was just a lot of it just comes down to uh, moving and moving with purpose, yeah, you know, and consistency, yeah, it's hundred yeah, percent consistency, yeah, man, Sorry. absolutely. Uh, so Mr. Zach, the, the, the million dollar question, yeah, you've, you've listened to all these. Podcast number 69, in case anyone's listening still. Whoop, whoop. It's pretty exciting. Huh? Makes sense. Yep. We'll turn the camera off here. <laughs> uh, so uh, for you, sir, what is what is your definition of success? I kind of wish I didn't listen to these because you know, I've heard I've heard everybody's. So like, I want to be individual, but there's nobody's taking them. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I would just say... Being able to go to bed each night and feel like I did the best I could in something that I enjoy. And also waking up the next day and thinking that I am ready to get this day started. I'm not dreading getting out of bed. I feel like that, like if I can do that every day, or most days at least, and look back, I'll think that I had a pretty successful run of things. Hell yeah. Somebody said it. I know I probably did. No, that's that is. But but to to your point, there's a reason why a lot of these answers are the same because a lot of people here have the same view of. of and again, I'll, I'll we're we're about seventy of these in, and not one person was like making hundred thousand a year. Yeah, you know, like it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, uh, it's a lot about that self betterment, self worth, self care, and just making sure that you're taking care of yourself and being the best person you possibly can be. So, something you do regularly. Yeah, right. try to. Well, thanks, Zach. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks, uh, thanks for telling you know telling us your gruesome story about getting hit by an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't happen to anybody else. Uh, thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere else your favorite podcasts are found. You can find us on triumphstrength.net, Instagram at triumphstrength, and Facebook at facebook.com/slash triumphstrength. See you guys next week. Damn. Oh, that got it done.